Gather around, children, as I tell you a tale of the M's who risk leaf and limb to bring you Plant Report every week. And this is how it all got started. A tale of two M's. It certainly has been a tale, hasn't it? It's been it's been an adventure. It has been. <laughs> I think we uh, discussed doing this episode when we... Kind of when we started. Yeah. But we knew we should probably wait. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you think someone's going to stumble upon this and go, what do I care about these, <laughs> these two right here? <laughs> we decided that we would just pick a subject, you know, uh, seen as like the crepe myrtles were selling at that time. Uh, we just went ahead with that and moved forward like we had just been online the whole time. And I think that's worked for us. I think so, yeah. For the whole, like, 15 listeners. Right. Shout yeah. out to you guys. Here's to you. Here's to you. Here's to you p- lovely people. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think we're just gonna, I don't know, run through Yeah. how I, we got here. Yeah, I think that's an important subject to talk about, too, because obviously our... And we've done a lot of plant subjects and like lists that are favorite, but now we're on episode seven. Uh, we've got some people listening to us. Right. And yeah. so we know you're coming back every exactly. week. And so yeah. uh, instead of us just talking to you, we want to bring you into the conversation exactly. a little bit. Um, exactly. That way you get to know who you're listening to. Yeah. And I think you and I both agreed that something I know I'm definitely passionate about is letting people know that no matter what place you are in your life, this is a career field you can get into if you're passionate about it and you want to do it. And don't be shied away from your age or your experience or lack of experience. Right. You know, we were just talking and I think both of us really kind of veered off the path of what our original degrees were going to be, which I, of course we'll get into later. But um, I think that's right. important to really push through is, you know, this is accessible to you. Also, like a Hey, if this seems interesting to you, join in on the the action. Yeah, come on by. Maddie will hire you. I would. All of you. All of you lovely people. Every single one. So yeah, we decided we would bring you all from little little baby Maddie and Emily, how it all started. Talk about like what brought us into the hobby, uh, said passion, and then career, essentially. And... Let you all and know. us meeting. Us, so. Oh yeah, us meeting. I mean, I truly, mean, I guess that was a given. But that's that's when the heavens parted ways and <laughs> out came us together on the other side. I mean, how about how about you start a little first? You're younger, so you know you probably <laughs> yes. remember better. I remember. I mean, I think one of the things that I remember as a kid, just growing up in the same house for 28 years, was oh wow, yeah. Was I was always the kid. I mean, sort of my brother too. So we would play out in the in the woods, but it, a lot of the times it was just me. So I, the way our house was, is there was like big ravines down to like a creek or the river um, near us, and so I would always just end up tromping around in the, in the woods and going playing in the creek, and like, I would try to get my boot stuck in the ground and play with the springs and stuff like that. Uh, I remember one one tree one year fell down into the woods, and so we would run up and down along it and stuff. Like, starting out in that sense, um, I definitely just liked being outside and enjoying nature. Um, and then later on, as years went, going to, like, botanical gardens and stuff like that was always super fascinating. Very similar to my childhood, except I moved a lot. So it's very funny how we're very similar yeah, opposites. So, so a constant of mine was camping trips, fishing trips, things like that. That mm. that was a constant through all the different houses we lived in. But that's really cool. There's actually a story you've told me not long ago about a, a tree that you planted that was... Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I want to hear that. <laughs> we got, a, I guess, a sapling of one of the, of the white oak. So if you're in the, you know, eastern Maryland shore area or just in maryland in general 
you're sort of familiar with the the white oak on the eastern shore and the famous history of that and so my parents had a sapling from that and so it it was planted at whatever time that was and <laughs> when we moved just like a couple years ago um it was already probably like 10 to 12 feet tall at that point, maybe 15. Dang. And so, I mean, it got older, but it was just, I remember it as a little kid, like, seeing it really Aww. little, and then as we left, it was like, hey man, can we, can we pay to, like, take that? Like, I know it's not a huge deal, but, like, how fun would that be to, yeah, like, take right? it? Just because we did see it growing up. Yeah, absolutely. Like, continually. So that was pretty cool. So if you're, you know, in this area, you understand a little bit of why the, the Y Oak is famous and why everybody thought it was so cool like we took field trips to it on our way to the beach we would stop and that would be like a lunch stop and it was just like yep here's this ginormous tree that's really cool so what what is the tree for people who aren't in the area uh so i mean i actually forget the actual history behind it now but oh. there was like a, a a mill that was in the area mm -hmm. um and then the the white oak which i think I mean, somebody will correct me on this, but I think is actually just like a a white oak. Oh, but okay, they then. call it a Y. I don't know. I don't. I'm not too sure. Wasn't it like sure a, how that. many years old, or it was like super old? Oh yeah, or it something. was. Yeah, it was super. It was what old. made it famous. Yeah, Very cool. It was super old. Anyways, I, that story just touches me because there's there's a part of just having this home all through your childhood years and getting to see things like that change. That's just really really fascinating to me. Yeah, so I think that's neat. Uh, it was recognized for the longest time as being the Maryland's largest white oak in the nation. Whoa! And there was a mill. Uh, there was a mill there. So I think it. I kind of googled this right now, but it looks like it was maybe planted in 1941. Whoa! And then it was basically. I think it was like a a lightning strike or a storm or something. Something happened to it, and then in 2002, it. it it died. Oh. And so, like, you go to see it, and, like, I think they have, like, a sapling regrowing now, but you can still see the whole massive stump there, and, like, that that's what you go to see now. So it was kind of funny, like, after years of going there on vacation, or not vacation, but, like, you drive by it to the beach or field trips and stuff, and then once it did die and they cut it down, your field trip is now just a stump. <laughs> Instead of a giant tree. <laughs> so that's like, that, that was kind of like the, oh man, you kids will never know what it actually was. You kids. This just shows, shows you what you said 2002. Yeah. Millennials ruin everything. Yeah. It just goes to show. We're ruining the napkin business. And now, why oaks? They're, they're just being ruined. Speaking of napkins, my dad would appreciate that because he's always like, you heathen, use a napkin. And I'm like, I don't need one. I don't make a mess. I got a paper towel. <laughs> Double anyways, the absorption. Anyways, yeah. Okay, so childhood sounds adorable. What, okay, what, what was what was little Maddie like? Like, what was her what was her favorite thing? What was was what was little Maddie's favorite thing to do? That's a good question. I mean, I we played soccer growing up, so oh, that was football. sports. How, how athletic of you. <laughs> how athletic of me. Yeah, so we played we played sports, and then so any chance I got, we, we also played outside and went little, and then, I mean, sports, and then you got into high school sports and stuff, so that was just kind of like outside nature and Word. sports. But, I mean, the next thing that I feel like really developed in me was in, in seventh grade, I think we even talked about this before. Was, uh, where science class was like, hey, bring in, like, a sample of puddle water or standing oh, water or whatever you want. Yeah. And then we'd go in and look at it underneath a microscope. And, like, as a, I don't know, however you old you are in seventh grade. But, like, as a little kid like that, like, that just blew my mind that I can bring in water and then... There's like a bajillion things roaming around in it. And oh, so like yeah. that was the the best day. Like I still vividly remember it and know who the teacher was. And so I just loved when we got to do stuff like that. And so I think certain things like that always kept it my interest. Um and then it never actually went away. Like biology classes and botany classes were were always my favorites. Um I even took a geology class and That's so cool. You and I would have gotten along so well in high yeah. school. Yeah. So, I mean, those those were definitely, like, 
the look in your eyes as you mention that, like, that puddle water is, it's kind of, it's just wonderful, like, how excited you are about it. And um, it's the same look I'm sure I give you when I start talking about, like, aquarium stuff. Oh, yeah. 100%. But there's this, like, sparkle in your eyes yeah. as you mentioned that. And I can totally tell, like, yeah. the wheels are turning and you're just like, microbes, man. Yeah. It's cool. It is like, cool science. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, like, you go through everything. And of course, I didn't really love chemistry, but we took it. But I remember the teachers that I had that made an impact and made the classes fun were excited themselves and, like, really, yeah, just made the class fun. So, like, high school. And then as it got into, like, college, of course, the, the classes are more evolved and, like, the information that you have to learn and everything. And I mean, I don't know if we'll we'll go this route, but like, so I went to West Virginia University, and so they're forestry accredited. So we ended up taking a ton of forestry classes, even That's though so that cool. wasn't my major. What was your um, major? So or what was the supposed long, to be the long winded The long winded version is recreation, parks, and tourism resources. <gasps> you were gonna be a park ranger? I thought about it. <gasps> You still And then should. I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. You would look so <laughs> cute in one of those little uniforms. Yeah. Passions die. No, i Oh, no. <laughs> no, wait, I just... Wait, wait, wait. Only you can prevent forest fires. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, uh, but yeah, so like it, getting into college, like I, I, we took the botany classes, which was definitely more plant mm. and leaf based. Yeah, so college classes are, of course, are a little bit more involved and then... As as I went to that university, a lot more classes, obviously, into your major and then taking more forestry classes. Uh, and the one you've heard me talk about before is the dendrology class, which was knowing and then memorizing the scientific names of things, of the plants and trees and whatnot. Those those classes, though hard at the time, were super like, oh, wow, I didn't realize I liked that so much and wanted to do something in that. And then a few jobs later, and here we are. No, no, I want to hear about these jobs. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> oh, you do? At least, uh-huh. what were you, what were, okay, so what were you doing, and kind of what, what made you decide to go, well, this. <laughs> I'm going to go, um, we're going to nursery and find some blonde yeah, so, bimbo to hang out with. So, I mean, <laughs> right after college, um... Well, you have to do an internship, right? Mm-hmm. And so the internship I picked was actually um, a kayaking job at the at the beach in the area. And then I really loved that. And so with that, you got to like basically be a tour guide and then you did all the rental stuff during the summer. So I did that for two seasons. And then somebody that worked there also worked at Center for the Inland Bays in Delaware. And so they had like a, a little winter job that I was helping do with the project. So I got to spray invasive plants and like ride the tractor and all that was just great i mean you don't even have to describe it to me i can play a movie in my head of you on a tractor like spraying like and it's beautiful (laughs) it's like something yeah highlight yeah oh yeah, yeah absolutely uh and then after that i was like man i could definitely go back to a kayaking job but like we're inland, so nothing's really here. Mm-hmm. But I did find another kayaking job. Um, and then from there, moved actually to Department of Natural Resources in the fisheries division. So completely different of trees. Wow, very. Uh, and then now we're here. So I switched. So uh sounds like you took a lot of classes. I did. <laughs> did you take a biology class? I did. What are you doing with that biology book? It's a funny story there. I um, I, I dropped a biology class. And so with that $200 book now, I was like, well, I could have sold it probably. But you know how they every year get a new, new get a new update. Oh, yeah. And you're like, yeah, yeah. for the love. It is currently a leaf press in my house. I mean. On the table. It's nice and nice and glossy. <laughs> That's right. It's, Pretty hefty. There you go. Good weight on her. Good weight. Good weight. Add a couple She's, more books. That's it's right. Great. That's right. Yeah, got the nice glossy pages too. Yeah. So, I uh, get done with your fishery job. So, wait, what did you do in that job? With the fishery one? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Were you so like checking I out was, fish? Yeah, pretty much. Because it's so, kind of like the first time I've heard of you and fish. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, so four years uh, with DNR. 
did uh, saltwater fishing surveys. So they what? actually, they actually, uh, the information we gathered went to NOAA and to the wait, state. Wait, 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 hold up. So I have heard of you, of you doing like, I'm always thinking you're like in your willies out in some lake somewhere, but you were doing like saltwater. <laughs> that's cool as hell. Yeah. So uh, the Chesapeake Bay. Oh, so brackish. Yeah. Okay. Saltish, brackish. Yeah. For us fish yeah. people, there's a difference. Yeah. Oh, there is. No, there yeah, is 100%. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, the big one for us is the striped bass, the, the rockfish. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, I mean, we get Tasty a gamut. Fish, we get a gamut way. through the summer and then into the winter. So, for us, yeah, we were basically going to marinas and uh, parks and docks and wherever people came in for fishing, from fishing. Were you, like, checking license and be like, no, hey. No, everybody always asked. Oh. Um, occasionally, I would. I wish I did, but no, that was far too much. For us, it was just pretty much science and data collection. But we, yeah, we did have to weigh and measure the fish. So they'll, they'll come in either with live fish or, or dead fish, especially if they have them in a live well on their boat. And so you're sitting there trying to like hold it down (laughs) and everything else and like, oh God. And, and my favorite part was, well, there's a lot of favorite parts, but like one of the stressful parts was they would come in and so they would like tie up on the dock and you're like, Trying to do this survey real quick at them and then measure their fish if they have them. And especially if they're pulling them out of the live well, you got this floppy fish and you're like trying like, oh, God, please don't go back into the water. Like, I, I can't lose this man's like massive fish that he got for the day. Like, um, that was terrifying. <laughs> but yeah, so I did that. And then did you ever end up losing someone's fish? I don't think so. You're better than I am. I Part of me was going to say yes to one occasion. But I don't think so. You've seen me with the koi at work when we've had to catch them for various health health reasons, like right. moving them from pond to pond right. or whatnot. But um, I'm terrible. They just slide right out of me. You would think with all the fish I've had. I mean, is. that's really well. Cool. I definitely got more comfortable and then didn't end up wearing gloves. But I always ended. Up, I, I mean, like I always just wore a glove just Ooh. for grip because they're oh, freaking slimy. Yeah, they are. Yeah, so did that, and then after four years was like, okay, this was not the door open that I wanted, oh. and like, I mean, I could have maybe tried a little bit more, but I realized like, nah, Just I don't, wasn't I don't want, I don't want to go this route anymore. Yeah. And then knowing that I had the passion and everything for for plant life and stuff, I was like, all right, let's let's try to get in that direction now. On a whim, kind of was like. Let's let's try the the job fair and and then that's how it kind of started. Oh wow! So, so you saw the nurseries booth and you were just like, yeah. Well, I mean, just basically social media posts, and I was like, yeah. okay, well, I'd be an idiot not to try to do this, yeah. and like get in that way because that seems like a super easy way. And yeah. then who I interviewed with was like, hey, if I can, if I could hire you right now, I would hire you, <gasps> like on the spot, and yeah. so. Of course they hired me, because yeah. here we are, but <laughs> yeah. uh, knowing that, I was like, holy crap, okay, like, yeah. I didn't you think had I had this. any experience behind me and like, oh, please. whatever, but <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So I guess, how about like this, I'll tell my part, and then- um, We'll do the colliding part. We'll do the colliding the part, because boy, it collides. <laughs> so how about you? I know you said you started young, so let's go- Kind of after the moving part. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. What was your next thing? Yeah. Well, a big part to remember all through the story of me is that we, we just did move a lot. So uh, nature, my parents always did a really good job of like yard, like making the yard nice and everything. We always had like plants and in the yards and whatnot. But a lot of times it was annuals and things like that because my dad was in the army. So we we're consistently moving. But really, my first point, other than like hiking, camping, fishing trips, right. uh, my real point, which my eyes kind of opened up to nature, was my my very first fish. It was a betta fish. Everyone is going to know what I'm talking about when I say I went to Walmart and I bought the glass vase with the with the peace lily growing mm-hmm. out the top yeah. of it. Everyone had one. It was the 90s. That's right. Everyone had one, you know, and they told you like, well, this peace lily is going to keep that fish alive and you don't have to do anything for it's it. It's going to feed it. It's going to feed it. It's gonna, well, they still sold food. But knowing what I know now, that poor fish. Oh, my God. I thought I was the best fish parent when he lived like eight weeks. <laughs> I was like, I got this. Yeah. I'm a fish expert at 13. My parents were those kind of parents were like. Kid with two things in their hands has no room for drugs, so we're just going to let you 
we're gonna let you roll with 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 uh, aquariums and it just sort of started from that like um in the beginning of my hobby it was all about all about fish and i think if anyone else is out there listening when you first start with the aquarium hobby it's always about the fish it's always about the biggest fish the brightest colored fish the Mm. uh just badass fish like every hobbyist goes through their cichlid phase where they want these aggressive meat-eating fish and everyone goes through their goldfish phase and everyone everyone wants to put a damn koi in like a 10 gallon aquarium and so i go through all that i pretty much it stays about like that my parents let me like gut my closet out and let me put my no way yeah they let me put my first 55 gallon in my bedroom. Dang. Uh, in, you know, a gutted closet. So that was pretty cool. My parents were extremely supportive of that because they just sort of figured, well. You're staying out of trouble. Yeah, I'm staying out of trouble. Way. Yeah. It's I'm, giving you something I'm to spending do. spending all my money on aquarium stuff. So I'm not spending it on crack. My parents, <laughs> I swear my parents were terrified. I was going to be some sort of like horror drug addict. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's probably worth noting that we moved pretty much 90% of my childhood and then right in my sophomore year of high school, we settled in my parents' old hometown in Illinois. Um, and I say Illinois, but everyone's going to think Chicago. It was St. Louis. So like right across the river from St. Louis. So really St. Louis. That's where I met the manager. And uh, I remember him. He thought fish were stupid. He was just like, <laughs> whatever, girl. Like, you're cute. I'm going to drive you to the fish stores. Because I refused to get my license. I was mm. like, I hated driving. But yeah, I think that's worth noting. Because even though manager's never been a fan of Nestle Fish, he's always been extremely supportive of that hobby. And yeah, later down cool. later down the road, he's extremely supportive of the, the plants and the trees and the, the horrible things I've done to our backyard. And even now, you know, he's super, he's watching the crotch goblin upstairs while we can do this. So I just wanted to give a shout out to the manager. So uh, high school is where I kind of start, you know, getting into biology classes myself and whatnot. But it really doesn't take hold of me like it does you. Right. Um, I got way more into art and more specifically art history. I ended up going to school. um, So I did basically my... Entry-level classes at a community college, uh, Lewis and Clark, and then uh, SIUE. I did some of my other classes. Uh, I get to probably like three years in, and it suddenly is made very apparent. Because at this point, I was also taking museum studies. At this point, it's made very apparent that I may or may not get a job at a museum. If I do get a job at a museum, it's going to be a lot of volunteering for a very long time. Then I may be offered a position. And then if I even am offered a position, it's going to be just extremely low pay. Then I might be able to move up if someone dies and opens up that position. Right. And that's kind of how like the park rangers thing was. And it was just like, okay, well, I'm not going to waste my time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's, it's a real shame. Especially with the park ranger thing, because, like, they're always advertising that they need people, but, you know, it is a real service, and that's needed. I can sort of see with the museums, it because, like, a lot of museums are run by, they're run by volunteers, and right. they're right. run by donations, and people who are willing to donate a lot of money, and so it's kind of not in that, and what's a museum without museum items, which costs money, and all costs money. Um, I did later on down the road start working towards learning, going in the direction of art preservation. So a lot of, yeah, a lot of people don't know that like, uh, like say the Mona Lisa. So a lot of, if you've seen the Mona Lisa at the Louvre, it's under glass. Well, that's a very special glass. It's a UV protectant glass. Then of course you want to see the Mona Lisa. So she has to be lit up. Well, those are all special lights. You have to have a certain limitation on Kelvins and... It goes into a weird science. There is, it's like National yeah. Treasure all over. All over. Uh, oh, yeah. That movie's so accurate. Is it? Sure. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, no. But, yeah, I mean, even even in there, there's, like, dehumidifiers. There's all these things to preserving this really old stuff. Like, I think you and I were even watching the Titanic. Mm-hmm. And when they put the, the, the beginning of the movie. Oh, when yeah. Old Lady Rose sees, sees Rose in the picture that, you know, her lover drew. It's sitting in water. And you didn't even ask the question, but I was positive. I was like, you want to know something cool? 
a lot of people don't know that when uh, paper like that's discovered, and especially really any kind of water, it's actually soaked in RODI water. Because if you let that dry, what happens when water evaporates? It leaves behind salt, it leaves it behind minerals. And so a lot of times when they discover paper like that, that's the reason you'll see it in water. So that actual piece of it they were doing is pretty correct. I don't know if that was RODI water, but it was supposed to be. So it's reverse osmosis water. So it's completely clean. It has no minerals, nothing in it. And they continuously re-soak it, re-soak it, re-soak it, and then you can properly let it dry. It's so fascinating. That was a whole side subject. I didn't know we were going to go down in this, but I don't know. So you, uh, yeah, I mean, she's she's looking at me like, I do this all the damn time. Like, by the way, did you know what? Yeah. I freaking love it. I, I am the product of someone who was raised around people who just really let me do my own thing. Well, and like, I think I find it fascinating because growing up, me and my brother, my parents took us to experience like the museums and nice restaurants and doing things, antiquing. And so like, you Antiques. just talking about all the, all the, all the museums is like, Oh yeah, because I've done some of that. Yeah, like absolutely. I want to know the back side of things that oh, I don't Oh, absolutely. Know. That's a whole thing. Also, history was also one of my fun things. Oh I yeah, yeah, kid, I think so. you and I have definitely bonded over that. And I I think when we when later when we talk about like first coming together, that's a big part of it. So anyways, yeah, find out that a curator, preservator, all that it's just not going to be in the cards for me, unfortunately. Sure it could have been, but I just didn't have the patience for it. I didn't need a degree to tell me that I liked art <laughs> and I liked art history and I liked history in general. So I dropped out. I didn't finish it all. A lot of times I'll just tell people, yeah, I totally graduated. Like, uh, but no, That's no, hilarious. I totally like totally dropped out. I guess I just, in, so I went an entire opposite direction. I became a dog groomer, dog trainer for eight years. Did that for a while. Loved it, but could not stick with it when you see people spend thousands of dollars on dogs that just come to you matted they're oh, just horribly yeah. trained and it was just i just really uh that was a hard one to stick with eight years i stuck with that and i did enjoy it i did it me and the manager did live overseas for a period of time um so i did it overseas that was really fun if you're in germany look up benny's doggy depot i was a groom groomer trainer so i i taught groomers and i also groomed dogs internationally <laughs> hence the reason why she's so good at topiaries oh, right yeah. now so yeah, i guess topiaries are something we'll have to talk about later yeah i love a good tope love okay a good so tope. eight years doing that mm -hmm. and then what kind of also led you this direction now? uh well <laughs> what got me out of grooming i got pregnant with the crotch blah, goblin blah, blah. right uh it was nah. a, it was a good thing we we tried for four years and it was a long struggle hmm. that we gave up on we even made like this little announcement to our friends we had like a we per didn't purposely have a party for this but we had had a, like a little get together someone had asked us how it was going we kind of made like a little bit of an announcement we're like well we've decided we're not we're not really actively trying anymore essentially what happens happens hmm. but uh yeah I, ivf just wasn't gonna be for us and all this i'll be damned like five weeks later i get knocked up so i'm pregnant in europe and then the manager's job gets us back into the States. So we move. I get back six months pregnant. We get in Ohio. We're living in Ohio, Dayton, Ohio for a minute. And I have a beautiful crotch goblin. And this is kind of a bit where the story gets a little dark. Uh, I suffered horrible postpartum depression that really manifests itself in anxiety. And I also had some like traumatic childhood episodes that really kind of brought a lot of that forward. This is where I'll get a little tear-eyed, too. At this point, I lose my dog. She uh, was born with degenerative disc disease. I traveled the world with her. I went through the four years of not being able to get pregnant and then finally accepting that these were going to be my children. And my pets are my children still, but um, losing Biscuit, even saying her name gets me tear-eyed, was the absolute hardest thing I'd ever dealt with. And just accelerated my anxiety, my depression. And I had to hold it all together at that point in time for my baby that I right. waited years to have. That to this day is like the darkest time, the happiest and darkest time of my right. life. That year that she was born was right. the highest of highs, lowest of lows. 
crazy time in my life. And that's really where I start uh, the two years of having her in Ohio. I started to really get back into my aquarium hobby because it was something that really wasn't too accessible to me in in Germany. I, I did it. I had some, but not to the degree that I started to get in into mm. when we got back into the States. Because all, all, well, you know, I was in Germany for a short amount of time, but when the manager and I first got married, I was still breeding fish, oh, uh, okay. selling fish, trading fish. I had worked at a couple fish Places, stores yeah. at this point in time. A lot of the places I groomed for would also have fish stores attached to them. So I would also like breed the fish, sell them. But this is when I kind of got to, I had adult money that I wasn't spending on traveling that I was now going to spend on fish stuff again. Um, And I was stuck at home with a kid. So I was back to it. I started doing the outdoor mini ponds, um, which is something I'm once again, very passionate about because we rented, we had to rent the whole time. So Mm. I couldn't do anything permanent, anything big. So I started to do mini ponds and I started experimenting with zero filtration ponds, which is literally what it sounds. There's no pump. There's no movement. There is literally the exchange of nutrients from fish plants Mm, and the plants are eating the nitrogen and the nitrogen cycle is actively happening. And you are doing water changes at this point. But eventually you can get to a point where you're literally it's topping off. itself. Yeah, you're, you're, you can get to where you're topping off evaporated water and these fish are being maintained. I actually have a couple of those going on up on the deck. And I started kind of funding that hobby with selling fish. And then in 2020, come here to Maryland. We get here by the like skin of our pants <laughs> and COVID happens. <laughs> Yay, Maryland! Yeah, literally two weeks later, <laughs> we got here. And of course, once again, my anxiety just ramps up to the point where I, I've stopped driving. I stop doing a lot of things. Um, and really all I have at this point is my plants in this now backyard that I've never had before. Right. I right. have this massive backyard that I own. <laughs> right, right. It's you're not renting. Oh yeah, I'm not renting. And you're not moving in like two yep, years. Yep, yep. And I just decided to go hog wild, and I do finally get myself some mental help. And my therapist really drives home to uh, kind of start getting into those hobbies more, taking more serious. And one day I see a Facebook ad for the nursery, and right away I don't know what possesses me to apply. I have. No experience other than what I what I do um, on the side. I have no plant knowledge other than aquatic plants and some of the plants I've aquatic plants just out of the water, but nothing other than that. Right. And not just that, but I have to tell them that hey, I can only work nights because the manager has to work. My manager has to work, and we can't really afford a sitter like that's. Not doable at this point. The crotch problem is only like two and a half, three, mm-hmm. and uh, like I can't, right? I can't afford that. Like you all aren't going to pay me enough to do right. that. I know this, um. So I can only really work evenings. Uh, and I'll be damned. I get a call like the next day. I interview and uh. Well, I'm just going to cut you off though because yeah. I, I love how um I think they asked you a question of like where do you want to be or like whatever, and you're like, well, I can lift heavy things. <laughs> That is literally how I end up in the nursery portion of our nursery. <laughs> so it's literally, literally my favorite that's part. That's literally it. Yeah. So she goes, well, I have a couple positions. And I say, well, I really like to work outside. And she's like, okay, well, I'll keep that in mind. And I'm like, and I can lift really heavy things. And she just like, at this point, remember, COVID's a thing. So we're on the computer and mm. the stare that she's giving me, she's like, oh, I'm going to put you in nursery. Can you lift a tree? I was like, I can't sure can try. And she's like, all right, then. Uh, when can you start? <laughs> and start history happens. Um, the reason I can lift, though, is something I didn't really mention. I used to power lift. I trained to do competitive. This is, I try to make this very clear because I don't want people like going back and being like, you didn't competitively. I trained to competitive lift. And then I ended up pregnant. Never happened. But my one one rep max deadlift was two forty-five, maybe? I think two forty-five, yeah. So might not sound like a lot. It's weightlifter over here. But when you're five two, 
that's a good amount. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's kind of, we both ended up getting this job same year. Mm-hmm. I started. You started a little two bit. months before. Oh, you. yeah. Just, just two a months little you, bit. Yeah. However, I walked in thinking you were like, been there for oh like yeah five. you thought i knew everything oh yeah no, no, i was no. in oh well and so like <laughs> we'll, i will just also say now like what was your first impression mm. i mean i know the one i had Go first. i didn't know you you did i didn't get to meet you first no i just had heard from other co-workers hey she's she's legit like she's gonna be awesome that's awesome um <laughs> she'll fit right in and like she's she's cool like this is gonna be good and so I was like, oh, thank you. Like, we need somebody good. And like, I, need I didn't help. know a damn thing, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they were you, lying you, to you, you about. <laughs> you, you act like I did. Like, I just learned, I learned everything, uh, pretty much on the spot, like all of us did. Mm-hmm. But I just had those two extra months. I'll give another shout out. I learned everything from Tess. Um, oh, yeah. And so we got to have of Tess course, on the show. Of course, there was other coworkers that were there, but like, Shortly after our manager did leave, and then so it was just kind of like, figure it out on your own. Yeah. But yeah, so first impression of the place, and then meeting. Uh, Because I don't remember that first time. Uh, So everyone just seemed super nice. That was really, that was a huge moment for me, because like, uh, I was in a new state, new place, uh, really because of a lot of my issues, first time really reaching out. Right. It was just everyone was so nice and it was just so welcoming and I was so insecure because I had no balls. Like and everyone reassuring me that like you'll get it. We'll teach you the whole time. It was just really comforting. Uh Kim is the one who first like got me my uniform shirt and everything. Mm, okay, and she yeah. was just so nice. And the whole time she's just telling me, like, you pick the right department. <laughs> if you pick the right department, like this is the best one in the whole in the whole nursery. Like you, you did well. And I was like, all right. Good deal. My biggest thing is I was so happy to be outside. That was my happy place being outdoors. But anyways, I'm ranting. First meeting you, I have to say I agree with you. I don't know if I remember the single moment. My first thought was this girl is going to find me so annoying because I followed you like a duckling. (laughs) And uh, I'll be damned, I'm still following you like a duckling. (laughs) Uh, People will want, like, if we walk up to the front desk, like, helping a customer, like, do a delivery or something, like, if it's it's just uh, one of us. Is nursery a team now? And we're like, yeah, "Yeah, always. (laughs) Um, Yeah, they'll be like, where's your sidekick? Where's where's she at? It's true. It is. It funny, is true. Though. Yeah, I'm not even making that up. Like that's a legit thing. So, what do I remember? Is the, like the first when I think of you and first meeting you. What's the moment I remember? I remember us sitting by the koi pond, and you go, "I'm tired of this, Grandpa." And I look at you, and I'm like, "Well, that's too damn bad." <laughs> and you looked at me, and you were like, oh, "And I was like, yeah, holes." Yes. And I think that's just where it's like what's what's it's your history. Yep. What's your first memory of me? Like what what's the defining moment? Cuz I know that's a big one. Oh man. On the spot. I don't Sadly, I, I I'm not going to have one. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if what's, I have What's your like, favorite thing we've done then? Well, this is going to sound a little a little cheesy and this is no, not even okay. like one of my favorites, but I think <laughs> one of the first one of the first times we had to pick up something heavy and you just did it on your own. And I was like, holy crap. <laughs> Yo, yes. <laughs> that stood out. Um, I, I don't know. I, no, I don't know if um, I have another one. No, I know. I appreciate that because like I mentioned before, one of my most favorite things in to do in the nursery, other than work with plants, other than talking about plants and all that is you will get these older men and they mean well, right? I'm not saying they don't, but a lot of times they will immediately assume you can't lift the tree that you've picked up. I'm sure they've done it to you too. Oh yeah, 100%. Um, But nothing beats being a 5'2 woman and being like, no, I got it. And just picking it up and just looking at this guy dead in the eyes and be like, you 
<laughs> well, I mean, and, and honestly, it's not even just the older, the mm-hmm. older, it's, the older people. Yeah, you just, just have all the other people that think that two women can't pick up mm-hmm. on their own these trees or whatnot, mm-hmm. and you're just like slinging it with one hand, and oh, you're yeah. like, "This is nothing." <laughs> yeah, right. And I mean, so now we're in it. This is almost two. Well, I guess the we're spring is two going, years. Yeah. So we'll just call it a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah, work buddies for sure, and then obviously now it's evolved into a better friendship, (laughs) and here we are doing this. (laughs) And I think, was it this year, or did we talk about it last year about doing starting a podcast? I I swear it was only this year. Yeah, I think it was just this year, and but I do remember the moment we were, and this always lives on, and this is why the our second episode, the the hottie hydrangea episode will always have a special place in my heart because that is that that hydrangea was the first instance of mentioning like a podcast or like a being YouTube, silly anything. of course putting our yeah putting ourselves out there was that was the first time because we were like why is someone not telling people about these names like this is ridiculous right and i think we we had gotten i think some new hydrangeas in and we so we were just meandering looking at plants and which ones that were catching our eye and then of course the name of little hottie hydrangea caught us and so we jokingly were like yo we should start a podcast because i don't know something's there like there's there's serious plant ones and there's serious garden ones and and um, there might even be funny ones but we were like I i feel like we could definitely pull this off definitely and so here we are trying to pull it off here we are so we'll see episode seven yeah it's been a blast. It's been, yeah, it's been pretty fun. It has been. Is there anything that you have learned, I mean, other than, like, the uh, the actual construction of a podcast, but is there anything you've kind of learned about yourself in this, in, in starting this? <laughs> like, is there is there stuff you've realized you've wanted to bring to the public or stuff you may be more passionate about? Um, I mean, I don't know about bringing to the public, but I think for myself, I've realized Oh yeah, I do know what I'm talking about for the most part. And this is not really out of my wheelhouse to be mm-hmm. able to do a podcast and yeah. like So sure some of it is definitely out of my comfort zone, but it's not like this. it's not really like that far out. Yeah. You got this. You are so intelligent, by the way. Like every every day you'll say something I'm like, how no <laughs> Well, thank you. <laughs> my girl did not just say that. Like, oh my gosh, I flabbergasted every day i work with you that how much you've learned and grown and into the blossoming young woman you are today (laughs) (laughs) thanks mom so proud um yeah i learned i can fake it really well (laughs) fake it till i make no that's not true Uh, oh definitely a confidence in me i didn't know i had uh i come off as a very cocky confident person and i am in some aspects You know, why lie? Because everyone listening to this is me like, we know better. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm definitely not when it comes to things that I want to be more knowledgeable of. Yeah, for And that sure. only gets worse the more I learn because the more I realize how big of a subject this is and how big of a thing this right. is. And the more I learn, the realize the less I know. And, but... The fact that I am coming out here and, and talking about it and trying my best is, is a big one. Yeah, it can be intimidating because then it's just like, well, shoot, I, we don't know anything. So why are we talking about this? But right. I will say on on for you anyways, like from when you started to now, like how much you have picked up in the last year and a half. Yeah. It's yeah. like insane. And I know you would say that for me, too. But, Absolutely. But like, yeah, the the. The stuff that you know now and how we both can, like, know, we know the ins and outs of the nursery yeah. and we know the plants we have. And, yeah. like, when people come in and ask questions, like, you you, you also know how to answer those. Absolutely. It, it ain't no thing. We can roll with the big boys now. And uh, it's really fun and impressive. Another one I learned from working in the nursery was it's probably the first time in my life that I felt enough confidence to ask for help without feeling mm. self-shame. Um, I think that's something a lot of us don't give ourselves credit for is having the confidence to go, 
hey, I don't, I don't know that. Let me, let me, hey, let me just hold on to you for just a minute. I'm going to go Google it like any normal person right. would be. And that right there, that freedom of, of having the confidence to go, hey, that's a hard question. Let me go look that up for you. That's a huge one. But yeah, I would say the same for me. And I even would go maybe a step further and say, asking one of the coworkers who has, have either know that stuff because they've been in it for 30 years or like somebody who has just been at the store longer um, and that stuff. So yeah, for sure. The first time I was like, well, I don't want to be that annoying person that Absolutely. asks you all these questions all the time. Like as yeah. you're trying to figure it out and you're like, I, well, I don't want to be this annoying person, but I don't know. You're just better for yeah. it if you ask and when you ask for help. Well, and there's this real, there's this real like thought that when you're working at a store, customers are going to come in expecting you to be the end all be all. Of right. Knowledge. And I think we think that. Yeah. And we, maybe we sometimes that. they do too. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes they do. Um, but for the most part, a lot of these customers are just super happy you would be honest with them. Honesty is such a powerful thing in going, hey, I don't, I don't know that, but I'm going to try my damnedest to help you right. figure it out. And right. that's a big one. And I think learning that skill not only makes myself feel better, but lets customers know that I can be trusted. I, I've had customers who have come back asking for me specifically because they they know I don't know everything, but I'm going to work my hardest to figure it out. And even if it means staying late or whatever I got to do, and that puts a lot of trust in you. Right. Yeah. For sure. You know, going back to what we were talking about in the beginning, I think it's super important to both you and I that we really kind of get the word out there that you don't have to be an expert to start this job. You don't have to be young. I mean, I started this job when I was 32. I didn't know anything and it's never too late. You're never too young. And even if you don't necessarily start in a nursery, start somewhere and and give yourself a shot because you deserve it. Right. And even if plants is like a little passion or something else is a passion, we would both say, hey, whatever it is, like, go for it and, and figure out how to either make money from it or just do it because you enjoy it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even if it's something forest related, fish related, dog grooming related, when I look back at all the careers I've had, I start from the bottom. And this is the job that made me realize that, though, that I, I, could, I could start somewhere and move up for sure. Mm. That's cool. And I think it, I'm going to get a little gushy on you, but I guess I just want to say it here now in front of everybody that your friendship has been a monumental part in growing and recovering from my anxiety issues, growing as a person. And I love you, man. I love you, too. I wish I couldn't say something better than same, <laughs> but <laughs> no, I, I do appreciate. I'll just add since we've been real, is coming out of the fishery. Yeah, the, the job was great and it had its own great things. But those four years, we 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 didn't work in an office. And so we were always traveling from home and, and working like our home base was our house. And so the pretty much the job was just do it by yourself. And occasionally the team would get together and, and do like meetings or lunch or like little get togethers. That way you would at least see somebody that you worked with. But for the most part, you were just by yourself. So you'd go to work by yourself. You'd come home by yourself. You'd go to bed by yourself. So it was just Ooh. a whole lot of like, yeah. I didn't have coworkers. And yeah. so after four years, I was like, okay, I, I, like, I, I needed people. Like I needed friends and like, yeah, I have great friends and, and that was all good. But I was just like, okay, but I need that aspect in work now. Absolutely. Um, so that was also the transition, why I transitioned. So yeah, I do definitely appreciate the friendship oh my work best yeah that's nice <laughs> yeah that means a lot hearing from you and hopefully this will continue to be a uh, an awesome thing we're building together this uh plant report i'm hoping where, where would you like to see plant report go oh man to the stars <laughs> to the star to isley <laughs> to isley isley nursery sponsor us i don't please. know i i feel like I'm not limiting it. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah, I just I I would love to see us just build a, a at least a little community 
I would love to get to the point where if if we put the word out, I would love to just get this popular. I would just love to be able to put the word out that, hey, we're going to go You see this really cool nursery. Let's do a meetup and like maybe five or six people show. That would be that would be, that would okay. be cool. I that feel like be, that that's that at least a little legit. bit of my goal. Like I would love that to do that. Um, mostly because I just, you know, you're always looking for like fresh faces to share the hobby with and get into right. that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, that's a good one. And then we're going to have our own brand. And we're going to open Eminem's Pond House. So I think as we're wrapping up, I did want to uh, put out there that we do have an Instagram now. I was um, going to make sure we said it today. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> we will make sure that's in the description for this video. Uh, it's just basically M and M as in letter M and M's as in E-M-S plant report on Instagram. So look us up. You'll get to see some photos from Susanna Farms Nursery. We just wanted to share a little bit of us and, yeah. and the, the friendship slash the, the podcast route. You mean the bromance? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, you know what? Okay. I'm going to say this now. Next episode, if we get a few questions and they can be, let's let's try and keep it plant related. You can ask personal questions if you have to, but let's keep it plant related. Let's try and do a question and answer. Oh, okay. If we can get enough people to at least give us five questions that we can elaborate on, let's try right. and do that. So please email us, hit us up on Instagram. You can message us on there. And let's see if we can get some question and answering done. I would love to do that. If not, we'll pick a subject. But we want to do this at some point. We want to yes, answer questions absolutely, for you. Absolutely. I know I have uh, some friends that want to know about houseplants and stuff like that. So we can we're going to try too. to get somebody in here that knows uh, houseplants a little bit better yeah. than us. Or if you do um, have a questions, or just, you know, we'll get them, questions, we'll get them asked. We'll, we'll try to figure them out for you if we don't personally know them. Absolutely. So, yeah, let's try and make that the goal. Y'all got two weeks to do this, plant crew. Oh, is that going to be plant crew? Oh, plant, our plant crew. Our plant crew. Aw. I love that. We love you guys. We do love you guys. The whole Thanks for listening. The whole 10 listening. That number lowers all through the podcast. The whole five listening. Yeah. Come back next week and catch us on Thursday yeah. evening. Again, find us wherever you get your podcasts. Yep. I'll hook you up with the Instagram. Come find us there. Yes. Uh, email is also available yes. if you ever have questions or, or plant questions. We're our email in that description because the email is kind of weird sounding. All right, plant crew. I think probably we should Yeah, I out, think right? that's a wrap. <laughs> so we'll see you next week. Yep. Be sure to stay out in nature. Get some gardening done. Get your fall cleanup got done. got a couple more weeks, guys. Yep, yep. Only a couple more weeks. Actually, that should probably be in episode two, fall cleanup. So maybe we'll put that next. Give you guys a little bit more time to do that question and answer. Anyways, you guys have a great week. Plant Report out.